0: Exodus chapter 31 verse 1. Before I get into this chapter, I just wanted to go over a couple of things. With the animal sacrifices, for one thing, the animals were innocent, so their blood could only atone for sins that we've repented of. And the reason we don't do animal sacrifice anymore is because now that Jesus died on the cross, His blood is righteous, it's greater than innocent, because He was capable of sinning but he chose not to sin. Animals can't sin, so they didn't make a choice not to sin. They weren't capable of sinning, because they don't know right from wrong. So they're innocent, but they're not righteous. Jesus, his blood is innocent and righteous, and righteousness gives it a far greater power So that it can actually transform our lives. Not just forgive our past sins, but it can actually make us born again. We can become new creatures and have a new heart, a new mind, new desires, a whole new life. We can resist sin and resist temptation by faith. All because of the blood of Jesus. But also we get healing. From the blood of Jesus. The animal blood could never heal anybody. If you had been raped or starved or beaten or if you had a mental illness or whatever or a disease, a physical disease, the animal blood could never heal you. But the blood of Jesus Christ can heal. And the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. It said that in the book of Isaiah. The stripes are the beatings. Because Jesus was beaten, His blood can heal us, because he was tortured before he died. Now, with all the animal sacrifices, there is no torture whatsoever. The animals are treated very well. The sacrifice is very humane, very low if any pain, because they would gently walk the animal to the priest. They wouldn't beat it, they wouldn't ridicule it, they wouldn't spit on it, they wouldn't call it names, they wouldn't blame it for anything. They treated it totally in a humane fashion. If it was small, they would carry it to the priest, so it didn't even have to walk to its death. And if it was a big animal, too big to carry, then they would have it on a leash, a little rope, and they would gently walk it to the priest so that the animal was not panicked at all. Then, they would take a super sharp knife, and they would slice the jugular vein, so that the animal would bleed out within a couple of minutes. When you bleed out when you're dying, you actually lose consciousness before you die. So you don't feel the full depth of pain, because when it would hurt the most, you're already unconscious. You get lightheaded, and you feel incredibly weak, and then you go unconscious. There is no torture involved, no humiliation. These animals were gently led to the slaughter. They were slaughtered in the most humane way anybody could ever be slaughtered. Its neck would be cut before it even realized it. I am sure some of the animals did feel fear because they probably could smell death in the air. So they probably did know that they were going to die, and they probably did have a sense of fear. But other than that, they were treated very humanely. But Jesus, totally opposite story. For a day and a half, he was completely tortured and brutalized. He probably never was allowed to go to the bathroom that whole time. And he probably didn't need to because he was so drained of blood and moisture, sweat, that he didn't have the ability to go to the bathroom anyway. He was probably completely dehydrated by the time he died on the cross. He lost all of his blood because first, they beat him up. They pulled the beard out of his face so much that it actually ripped his facial skin. But then they did the really bad beating where they put the cross of thorns, made him bleed from his head. And then they whipped him 39 times with the lashes. It's a metal instrument that has hooks on it. And when it hits your skin, it actually pulls your skin out. When the soldier would withdraw the whip, your skin would come with the whip because it would grab in and and grab a hold of your skin his body was turned into meat kind of and also the whips were long enough that they would curl around to the front of the body so he wasn't slashed just on his back he was slashed on his chest and his abdomen as well and even his face area a little bit his shoulders the front of his arms the front of his legs his buttocks because they whipped you from top to bottom they didn't just whip your back his whole body was whipped front and back but of course most of the marks were in the back so he he bled a lot from that. When he hadn't drank for 24 hours, hadn't gone to the bathroom, or eaten anything for 24 hours, and and remember, he sweat blood when he was praying, because he had so much anxiety that it actually caused him to sweat blood. Which is a medical condition that is rare, but it can happen. And that's how much anxiety Jesus had. So he lost a lot of moisture when he was praying, before he even got arrested. Then after all this, he has to carry his cross, at least part way up to Golgotha, which caused him to lose more moisture and more blood. Then, on the cross, he continued bleeding slowly from the outside, but also from the inside. From his beatings, he had internal injuries, because when they put the sword in him after he was dead, out poured, blood and water that had pooled around his organs. He had internal bleeding and he was losing moisture internally as well because when the soldier stuck him with the sword after he was dead, a whole bunch of water and blood poured out. And that was all that was left was the stuff that had pooled around his organs in his abdomen. Jesus was completely spent for us. He endured the worst kind of torture for a whole day and a half. On top of not sleeping, not eating, not drinking, and not going to the bathroom. No animal was ever treated that way. No animal was ever even treated in an unkind way. And it all began with them humiliating Jesus, falsely accusing him, spitting on his face, slapping him, and pulling his beard out. That's the beginning. And it ended with him on the cross, people laughing at him while he was naked in front of the whole town. They were mocking him and blaspheming him and letting the dogs pee at the bottom of the cross. King David talks about this in the book of Psalms. He mentions that dogs came at the bottom of the cross. So that's what Jesus endured for us, which is way, I mean, no animal ever endured that for anybody. They had gentle, nearly pain-free, very humane deaths, but not Jesus. And it's because of all that suffering that you can be healed. So now we'll get into Exodus chapter 31, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bazalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. This Bazalel is from Judah, which is the royal tribe. 3. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. He's been given spiritual gifts from God so that he can be a great craftsman and artist to help put this tabernacle together. 4 To devise skillful works to work in gold and in silver and in brass. Now remember there is going to be a golden table, a golden candlestick, the golden incense table, the golden ark of the covenant, plus there is the gold threads that are in the priest's ephod and the priest's press plate. He's going to be working in all of this craftsmanship, plus he's going to work on the things that are brass, which are the laver and the base and all that brass stuff. 5. And in cutting of stones for setting and in carving a wood to work in all manner of workmanship. He's going to be able to carve the beautiful designs that are on the furnishings of the tabernacle. And he's also going to be able to cut the stones, the gorgeous, precious stones that will be on the priest's ephod. 6. And I, behold, I have appointed with him Aholiab, son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded them. Look at all the spiritual gifts they've been given. They've been given wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and workmanship. So workmanship is a gift that you can get from God. 7. The tent of meeting, and the ark of the testimony, and the ark cover that is thereupon, and all the furniture of the tent. 8. And the table and its vessels, and the pure candlestick with all its vessels, and the altar of incense. 9. And the altar of burnt offering with all its vessels, and the laver and its base. 10. And the plated garments, and the holy garment for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office. I think the plated garments is the white linen. 11. And the anointing oil, and the incense of sweet spices for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded thee shall they do. These two men are going to be in charge of creating all this. Now that doesn't mean that they'll do all the work by themselves, but they're definitely going to supervise all of it, and they're probably going to design all of it and have a hand in it. So the first man is Basilel and the second man is Aholiab, and Aholiab is from the tribe of Dan. 12 And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, 13 Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, verily means truly, ye shall keep my Sabbaths, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord who sanctify you. Just note that whatever gifts you have, they're from God. And if you don't think you have enough gifts, like you need another gift so that you can serve the Lord better, just ask Him. He's very good and He'll give you what you need to serve Him. And also, we do need to remember to keep the Sabbath holy. Now, I interpret that a little different than some people. Some people think that that means that you have to stay home on Sunday. I don't interpret it that way, because the New Testament says that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. So the way I interpret it is, Resting means resting from religion and resting from sin. So you don't practice religion or sin. And I believe that Jesus is Jesus every day, not just on Sunday. So if he's our Sabbath rest, that means we have a Sabbath rest every single day of the year for the rest of our lives. Which means that every single day of the year we are to rest from practicing religion and practicing Sin. And that's what I believe. That's how I endeavor to keep the Sabbath. Is by resisting sin and resisting religion. Now, when I say religion, I don't mean that I can't go to church, because I go to church all the time. What I mean is, I don't do religious things to please men or to impress the pastor or to feel that I have my salvation. I go to church to meet Jesus and to have a relationship with Him. I don't go to church to impress anybody or to prove myself to anybody. That's just what I mean by not practicing religion. And I don't do what the church asks me to do unless the Lord also has asked me to do it. Because He has a specific job for me and it may not be the job that the church wants me to do. I consult the Lord and ask Him what He wants me to do. Most of the ministry I do has nothing to do with church. Some people might think I don't have any ministry at all. I do have a ministry, but it's what Jesus gave me. It's not what men gave me. 14 Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that profaneth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. In the Old Testament that means that you physically cannot work. On the Sabbath, which was Friday night to Saturday night, they had to trust God for all their needs and not do any sort of work whatsoever to take care of themselves. They were allowed to help others. They just weren't allowed to provide for their own needs like um, buying, selling, trading, bringing in the crops, anything that had to do with their pocketbook. They weren't supposed to do. Fifteen, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest. Holy to the Lord, whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. 16. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. And I believe that I will be put to death, meaning that I will go to hell if I don't keep the Sabbath, which is Jesus Christ in me, so that I'm not sinning and I'm not practicing religion. 17. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he ceased from work and rested. 18. And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of speaking with him upon Mount Sinai, the two tables of the testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. Moses didn't carve the commandments in that stone. God wrote them in with his own finger. The only thing Moses did was gather the stones for God to ride on. And that concludes Exodus chapter 31.